Hi guys, I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. And we are here recording Lost in the Woods. Welcome back. Another week. Another week. How's everybody doing? Sunburnt. Madison's really sunburnt, which is her own damn fault for not putting sunscreen on. I have zero sympathy for her. Also, it's like 75 degrees and I'm cold, so that's exciting. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, sunburns will do that. I was actually probably technically in the sun more than Madison this weekend, but I actually put sunscreen on, so I am not burnt. I'm fried. Mm Mm-hmm. So, that's where we're at. So, today we're doing the story of Lars Mittuck. Lars is 28, born on February 19th, 1986. He's a German backpacker. So, he wasn't technically backpacking on this trip, but he is described as the German backpacker. And he's actually kind of famous on YouTube. We'll get into that in a little bit. So, he works at a local power plant, and he also helps take care of his dad, who had had a stroke. He's an only child. He was athletic, good-looking, and very liked by his peers. He also was described as reliable, hard-working, strong-minded. One thing that was well-known about him is he loved the green and white vertebrum, which is a soccer team. Oh, okay. So that's his favorite team. And I know for our German listeners, we are probably saying everything wrong. We did our best to... Or I did my best, because Maddie didn't do anything. But I did my best to look up how to say these things. So feel free to let us know if we're saying it wrong. We'll try to get it as best we can. Yeah. Yeah. On June 30, 2014, Lars did travel to the seaside resort of Golden Sands. This is an all-inclusive resort. It's in Bulgaria. It's actually a pretty nice resort, so all-inclusive, food, drink included. It's a pretty expensive hotel. It runs about $160 a night. He was going to Bulgaria for an all-boys trip, so his friend Tim Schultz and Paul Roman would be joining him on this trip. They had planned to stay at the resort for about a week. If you don't know Bulgaria or you don't know this resort, it's in Varna, And it's very popular with young Germans. It's known for its cheap beer and its crazy parties. It's actually the largest seaside resort on the Black Sea. They have beach parties every day there during spring break and summer. So this is a very popular place for young people to travel to. Sounds like fun to me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is like $160 a night, though. That's not bad for an all-inclusive resort, but yeah, because that includes your food and your drinks. It's a little steep. Mm -hmm. Especially if you're going to stay there for like a week. Mm hmm. That adds up. Well, and from what I can tell, he'd been working really hard, long days at the plant, helping out his mom and dad. He'd had kind of a long year of working hard, and this was his way of just kind of taking some time off. Also, this wasn't something that he would necessarily do. He preferred to go on diving trips, he preferred to do backpacking and other things like that. So this was kind of an unusual trip for him, but he really wanted to spend time with his friends and just relax. They spent most of their time at the hotel pool. They also played beach soccer and hung out at the beach bar often, and they went to local nightclubs every night that they were there. Also during this trip, soccer was sweeping Europe because the 2014 Soccer World Cup in Brazil was going on during their week there. So lots of big games on TV kind of thing. Lars seemed to be enjoying himself on this trip, but one thing that his friends said is that he didn't seem to have much of an appetite. 
Yeah, and this comes up multiple times. So that's why I included it in here is because multiple people stated that he didn't have an appetite during this trip, which I don't know how strange it is because I know when I drink, I don't really eat or I don't really get hungry. I kind of forget to eat, which, you know, I guess if you're going to drink a lot, you need to make yourself eat. But if it's hot, if I'm warm, if I'm having a good time, if I'm drinking, I'm not necessarily thinking about eating. So I don't know how strange this is, but it was out of character for him, it sounds okay. like. And keep in mind, they were staying at an all-inclusive resort, which means they weren't paying for their food. So True. I feel like a young man, 28, that's a young man, right? I feel like a young... Did you just question if 28 was young? <laughs> I don't know. It seems young. You're younger than that, so you might not think it's that young. I don't know. No, I'd say anything like under like 32. I'd be like, yeah, that's young. So if you met a 30-year-old, you'd be like, oh, he's young. I could date him. Don't date a 30-year-old. That would be kind of strange because I feel like most young men would take advantage of free food. Yeah. Especially because it sounds like they had good food there, too. I've never been to Bulgaria, but I've heard the food is good. So on Saturday, July 5th, Lars and his friends went to a beach bar called Rock Bar. I like it. Is it rock music? Is it near rock rocks? Is... I'm going to guess it has, since it's a beach bar, it has something to do with physical rocks. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. That's what I would assume too, but who knows? Does anybody know? Have you been to the rock bar? Let us know. They went there to watch the Costa Rica versus Netherlands quarterfinal. Yep. And this bar is right on the beach, maybe surrounded by rocks or made out of rocks or served on rocks. We don't know. <laughs> Everything's but, on the rocks. Everything's on the rocks. But during the summer, they have happy hour until 7 p.m. It's a very popular right-on-the-beach establishment. So there were four men at the bar that were fans of the club called Byron Munich. We think that's how you pronounce it. Don't be mad. Um, Lars had been joking around with them. They did not appreciate this. This led to a bit of an altercation, but everyone calmed down without it leading to blows. Lars wasn't much of a fighter anyway. Yeah, that's kind of what everybody said, and it, it sounded like he really was just kind of joking around with them, they are cheering for opposing teams, and they got a little pissed off about it. They're all drinking, I'm not surprised by this. The group left the bar without incident at this point. So on the way back to the hotel, Tim and Paul decided that they were hungry, and they wanted to stop at a McDonald's to grab a burger. Lars wasn't hungry, weird, back to his no appetite, or he ate at the bar, we don't know. So he stood outside a few yards away. When Tim and Paul got their burgers, they came out and Lars was gone. They decided, well, we'll just head back to the hotel, assuming that they would meet up with their friend there. When they got back to the hotel, though, Lars was nowhere to be found. So this didn't immediately alarm them. After all, they had been partying and drinking all week, the friends went to sleep. When they woke up in the morning, Lars was there. When they pushed him for the story of what happened, this is what they got. He said that four men, who he thought were either Bulgarian or Russian, based on what they were speaking, he said he thought that they were hired by the fans from the rock bar and that those men had sent them to beat him up. So a fight doesn't go down at the rock bar, but then those four men 
show up later. Hire no, hire four different people to go and beat him up. That doesn't make any sense, but okay. I mean, like it makes sense, but doesn't make sense because why wouldn't you just fight at the bar if you were going to do anything? Yeah, I find this a little strange as well. One of the men also went to punch him, and he said that he ducked, but then he was hit inside of his head, or on his ear, more specifically. His friends were very skeptical about this altercation because there was no other evidence that he had been in a fight besides him saying that he had been in a fight and complaining about his ear hurting. They decided to continue on enjoying their time. So they didn't really push the subject and they decided just to let it go, but they did say that his ear really seemed to be actually bothering him and that he was having trouble hearing out of it. Okay, so they only had two days left, so they all tried to make the best of it. On July 7th, 2014, the day of their scheduled departure, Lars was concerned about the altitude and the possibility of permanent damage that it could cause. His friends thought that he was overreacting, but they wanted to help him. Paul suggested that he go see a local doctor. They did have travel insurance, so... So why not? Yeah. Paul did go with him to see the local practitioner, the doctor had diagnosed that Lars had a ruptured eardrum. That sucks. And he recommended that he not fly, but to go see a specialist. Right, and this is kind of interesting to me because flying really shouldn't affect a ruptured eardrum. If your eardrum is already ruptured, then flying isn't going to hurt it. The damage is already done. But usually altitude or pressure won't further hurt a ruptured eardrum. The only thing that you're not supposed to do is fly after having surgery to repair a ruptured eardrum from all the research that I did anyway. Either way though, he was unable to fly home with his friends on the 8th as planned. So they actually wanted to stay with him, but he insisted that they go on without him. He persisted until they relented and they agreed to fly home. Now, hindsight, right? Obviously, at least one friend or both friends should have stayed with him, right? But we also don't know the situation. Did they have jobs to get back to? Was yeah. rescheduling their flights without losing their money even a possibility? Either way, they decide to leave him. And a lot of people give them flack for this, but without knowing the situation, I mean, he is a grown man. I feel like if I was with two friends, and one of them was injured and couldn't fly, there's no way that I would leave them. But I also wouldn't let a girlfriend walk home from the bar alone, right? Where a 28-year-old man, yeah, you're going to feel better, I think, about leaving them in a foreign country or leaving them to walk home alone or be able to... Any of those things. Right. So maybe that's a little sexist. I don't know. But I feel like I would never leave my friend in a foreign country but I don't feel like I can fault them for it either. Yeah. So Lars went to the specialist like the doctor had recommended him to, and the specialist said that he should get surgery to repair his eardrum, but Lars would prefer to do this at home. I feel like most would. Yeah, I think that I would definitely be on that train as well, like wanting to be close to home, wanting to be close to family, wanting to have somebody there that could take care of me, that sort of thing. So he was prescribed an antibiotic called cefiroxime. He picked up his prescription and headed back to the hotel to pack up his stuff. Now, cefiroxime has some very mild side effects noted, 
Most common of these side effects are diarrhea, nausea, vomiting, fever, chills, or muscle pain. That's kind of as bad as it gets or having an allergic reaction to this drug, right? I feel like basically anything you can ever be prescribed, those are the side effects. Yeah, yeah. For, especially an antibiotic. That's, that's pretty standard for an antibiotic side effects. His mother was very alarmed at him being there alone, which... As would I be. But he's a 28-year-old. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old your kids are. Them being alone in a foreign country, especially injured, I wouldn't like it. She booked him a plane ticket for the following day, which would be July 8th, 2014. She also booked him a bus ticket in case he was unable to fly. So she's real uncomfortable with him being there. If he's not going to fly on the 7th, why would he fly on the 8th? Because one day isn't going to do a whole lot. Well, because now he's seen the specialist. So he didn't want to get on the plane without seeing the specialist and getting their recommendation before he flew. Okay, gotcha. Now he got the recommendation of the specialist who is alleging that he should not fly as well. But he checked into a budget hostel called Color Varna, which is near the airport and is in a slightly rougher area. So I looked up this hostel. It's not too bad. It's definitely a cheaper place. But all the reviews are 3.9 out of 5 stars. It's not terrible, actually. And it's reasonably priced, usually between $20 and $40 a night, depending on peak time. The most complaints were that it wasn't really downtown, so it wasn't, like, close to things. And also that there were people around at night, which I got the impression was maybe some prostitution or drugs going on late at night. Okay, so it's unclear why he chose this particular hostel or hotel. I see it called both. Maybe he didn't realize the area. Maybe he was going off of somebody's recommendation. Maybe he was using Google search to find the closest place to the airport. I mean, I really don't know. Maybe there was limited space available everywhere else. Right. It is peak time. It's busy time. It's busy season. So maybe... That's why he didn't extend his stay or he was trying to save money and get closer to the airport. Someone also suggested that the taxi driver that picked him up had suggested it. So we don't really know how he found himself at this hotel. He's there, right? This is kind of the time where he starts to behave very odd. The hotel CCTV recorded some erotic, sorry, erotic erratic we did say there were prostitutes around (laughs) so the hotel cctv did get some erratic behavior on film from lars and staff described him as acting paranoid and frightened on july 7 at 11 50 p.m so almost midnight you guys while he was at the hotel he called his mother so this would be almost 1 a.m in bulgaria so it's Midnight where she's at, 1 a.m. where he's at, there's an hour difference between them, right? He seemed agitated and stressed. He said, Mom, please, I need you to do me a favor. I just checked into the hotel. It was very strange. Please lock my credit card. Something is wrong with this place. I gotta leave now. That's unsettling. Right, not the best call to wake up to, I imagine. So, hotel staff did confirm that he left in the middle of the night with all of his belongings. Okay, so around 3 a.m., he called his mom back, and whispering, he said, Mom, I'm hiding right now. I've got to whisper or else they're going to hear me. Four men are after me. I'm hiding in an elevated place. And then he hung up on her. 
I don't like that. Can I just say, if one of my children called me like this, distressed, and then hung up on me, I would literally lose it. So she was scared to call him back. Well, and I think that the reason she's scared to call him back is if he is really hiding, she doesn't want to give his location away by having his phone ring, Mm -hmm. right? So I think that that makes sense. Shortly after this, she received a text message from him saying, what is CFC 500 or something like that, which he was referring to as antibiotics. So she Googled it and responded, but he didn't answer after that. So at 5 a.m., a taxi driver saw a young man waving his arms frantically trying to flag down a taxi. The driver already had a passenger, but both thought it was best to pick him up. Yeah, he seemed frantic. He seemed like he needed help, maybe. It was Lars. He was eager to get to the airport. The driver and passenger noticed that his eyes were visibly dilated. Yeah, and this passenger's actually a social worker, too. So maybe might even be more aware of these types of things. The taxi dropped Lars off at the airport at 6 a.m. As he was walking into the airport, he called his mother and said, I'm so glad to be at the airport. She was, of course, relieved after all the craziness of the night. I mean, she was probably so stressed out. I can't even imagine. I mean, I wake up sometimes in the morning, so I usually sleep with my phone on silent. People text and call at crazy times of the night, or I'll be in a group message with my sisters and my mom, and everybody is texting at like 1030, and I go to bed at 8, and that becomes an issue for me. So I usually sleep with my phone on silent, but sometimes I will wake up in the morning to a missed FaceTime call from Maddie, which I did two nights ago. So I woke up, I had a missed FaceTime from her. She'd been camping with her friends and I was like, oh my God, something happened. She tried to call me. I didn't hear the phone because usually if my children are gone or I don't know where they are or they're staying somewhere else or I feel like they might need to get in touch with me, I will leave my phone on just in case, but I forgot to do that. So I woke up panicked and I messaged her. I'm like, are you okay? Is everything okay? And she's like, yes, (laughs) like I'm a crazy person. It's fine. So she's relieved he's there. Since his credit cards have now been canceled, he asked his mom to transfer 500 euros through Western Union. She agreed and she suggested that he find the medical center at the airport. She thought he should have a doctor check his ear one more time before boarding the plane. He is seen on camera walking around the check-in area and he seems calm. He called his mother again and said that they didn't want him to fly or take the bus. A bus journey would take about 35 to 40 hours. But, you guys, this call was made before he went into the medical building at all. What the hell is he doing? I'm confused. Yeah, it's going to get more confusing here in a second. So, his mom actually said that he seemed calm on the phone, though. So, after he hung up, he went to the bathroom and then asked for directions from a woman who pointed out the medical building. So, you can actually see him talking to this woman on camera. So at 9.30 a.m., he's seen on camera entering the medical service building. Which, do airports have medical buildings in them? Huh. So maybe that's maybe that's a thing at all airports and we just don't know about it, or maybe that's a thing at airports in Bulgaria. I'm not really sure, but I've never noticed a medical building in the airport. I mean, it makes sense to have one, but I've never seen one in ours. Yeah, I don't know. They don't really take you past the medical buildings when they detain you at airports, do they? No, they sure don't. (laughs) The doctor there took his temperature and examined his ear. 
There, the doctor recommended that he waits 10 days before flying. Again, another person worried about him flying with a ruptured eardrum. Oh no, I'm pretty sure I had a ruptured eardrum. Pretty sure. And I went skydiving and I was fine. Yeah, because it's already ruptured. I don't know. Who out there has ruptured an eardrum? Have you flown with it? Because everything I read says that you can fly with a ruptured eardrum. But in Bulgaria, they're all telling him no. So I don't know. So he gave him some medicine for his pain. Lars put the medicine back on the desk and said that he didn't want to take anything. He said that Lars seemed nervous and muttered to himself that he didn't want to die here and that he has to get out of there. He's basically in there for about 45 minutes, which I think seems like a long time personally, but we'll talk about that in the theory section a little more. I feel like that would be like a 10 minute unless there was a wait. I mean, I don't know. But CCTV camera show a man in uniform entering the doctor's office. It was an airport construction worker, and he was dressed in an airport employee uniform. He had, like, a vest on, though. The man opened the door and entered the room, which also I find very strange. That would not happen here. I don't know. I don't think that's normal. No, because you don't enter a doctor's room, but the airport had been under construction, so maybe this part of the airport had been recently. I'm not really sure. Lars became very agitated upon seeing the man, and the doctor tried to calm him down and assure him that it was just an employee of the airport and that everything was fine, but Lars did not really calm down. And it's at this point, you guys, that he suddenly stands up and bolts from the room, running out of the room, leaving behind... All of his luggage, including his wallet, ID, and cell phone. Okay, so I find this very strange. So CCTV shows him sprinting out of the airport like he was running for his life. Yep, and this is one of the reasons that he's kind of famous on YouTube. It The, the video is everywhere. You've probably seen it and not even realized what you were looking at. If you haven't heard of this case, you've probably still at some point seen this video. He is literally just full-on sprinting out of the airport. We don't really know why he does this. So he ran northwest across the parking lot. Once outside, he was seen by camera and by witnesses climbing an eight-foot fence that had barbed wire on it. He runs into a meadow and disappears into an adjacent field of sunflowers. Yeah, they were kind of tall sunflowers too from what I read. Kind of strange. majestic. I guess. So there was no sign on camera, nor did any of the witnesses see anyone following him. Right. So he also doesn't appear to ever look behind him like he thinks he's being chased. He's just taken off. Nobody sees anybody following him. Nobody sees anybody acting suspiciously around him. They just see this guy running from the airport. From my perspective, regardless of what's going on, he had to have been terrified to run out of the airport, leaving all of his belongings behind. To me, it sounds like he's drugged up. Well, not only that, but if something is wrong or if somebody is chasing you, the airport would probably be the safest place to be. That's what at I'm this thinking. Point. During this time, his mother calls him multiple times to make sure that he was able to access the money she had wired him. So she did wire him that money and she's like, did you get it? He's not answering his phone. She doesn't know what's going on. So she does report him missing to the German embassy, and they alerted the Varna police. And I believe this was on the same day because she's really concerned about him at this point. Yeah. It doesn't specifically say what day she reported him missing, but it sounds like the same day. They initiated a search and brought dogs to the airport, 
and the sunflower field, but they found no sign of Lars. Okay, so a German criminal investigator commented saying, why did Lars have to leave the airport grounds? The police immediately assumed he was a drug smuggler and searched his bag, yet found no signs of drugs. They watched the CCTV footage many times looking for clues and trying to make sense of it all. Lars had also never collected the 500 euros that his mom had wired to him. His mom went to Varna to look for her son. She visited the hospitals and morgues. She soon had to return home to care for her ailing husband. So Lars's friends raised money for a private detective and they set up a Facebook page. They found that the rural areas were very poor and might not even have access to the news and might not know that he was missing. So basically, they're trying to figure out how they can get the word out to more people, right? And there had been very little on the news about him. Friends and family were kind of worried that a story like this might hurt the tourism in Bulgaria, and that's why it was kept out of the media, which I think that that's always assumed or maybe even always happens in very touristy towns. Mm -hmm. We saw that in the Theo Hayes case where nobody wanted to admit that there might be foul play, that something might be wrong, or that tourists on vacation were going missing, right? Yep. By the end of July, three people had come forward stating that they had seen a man fitting Lars's description. This gave the family hope that maybe he had survived and was living off the grid for some reason, which nobody could seem to fathom why he would do that. But they were unable to track him down, though, based off of any of the sightings. Not surprising. Nope. Especially once the reward comes in. Yep. It's difficult with rewards. Well, I think if you're going to set up a reward, you just need to have a company or a group of people that are specifically weeding out anybody that is making stuff up. Because... That's going to happen no matter what, and it's going to waste a lot of time and resources. Why are people so awful that they need to call in fake tips and, like, you know you're not going to get the money because it's not going to lead to real information. So a reward of 40,000 euros was offered to anyone for any information that led to the actual location of Lars. Yep. So one year after he disappeared, a truck driver stated that he had picked Lars up and that he looked disheveled, but the sighting could not be confirmed. So that was in April of 2015. In December of 2015, a homeless man was spotted in Bulgaria. He had a resemblance to Lars, he spoke German and English, and he wasn't sure or wouldn't say where he was from. A picture of the man was sent to the family, but it turned out not to be Lars. Yeah. So this is another situation, too, I think, where... All the gringos look the same, right? We saw this in the Roman Dial episode where there started to be sightings of him all over the place, but it was really just other non-native backpackers, right? Because everybody thought that they all looked the same. So another man resembling Lars was spotted in Varna. He spoke German and he didn't know who he was. The man actually tried to commit suicide, and people believing that he might be large did alert the police. He was found to be from Poland and was returned home. There were lots of reports like this, lots of homeless men resembling Lars. None of them turned out to be anything. So two years after his disappearance, his mother Sandra was interviewed on TV. She pleaded for information leading to the whereabouts of her son. And in this interview, she said that she would never give up. 
Later that year, a man claiming to be Canadian was discovered in Brazil. The family had hope when they received a picture of the man. He really did look like Lars. He was determined to not be when his blood type and eye color didn't match up. Yeah. Another lost person, right? The man turned out to actually be Canadian like he claimed, and he had gone missing five years earlier and was suffering from schizophrenia. He had fled Canada and hitchhiked all the way to Brazil. He had no ID or passport. And once on medication, he was able to remember some details and that he had walked most of the way to Brazil and was barefoot for a lot of the time. So in 2019, five years after Lars's disappearance, a truck driver picked up a hitchhiker in Dresden and took him just north of Berlin. He said that the hitchhiker looked like an older version of Lars. He had long hair and a beard. This was unable to be confirmed that it was Lars. So Lars's mom, Sandra, received messages and a picture of a young man that resembled Lars in South America. It turned out to be an American who was also missing and had disappeared while walking from the U.S. to Colombia. So I think this has pretty much been the story of their lives since he disappeared is, could this be him? Could this be him? Another picture, another person, another story. How incredibly disheartening and frustrating to get your hopes up and then have them dashed again. So many times. So many times. Okay. Theories. There's a few. There's definitely a few. Did he really get into a fight that night? Yeah. I don't know. So there's no witnesses to the fight and his friends didn't seem to think the fight actually happened. But I feel like it's a very strange thing to make up. And on top of that, he's acting very strangely at the time. So could he have head trauma? Like, did he receive a severe enough injury during this fight, if it happened? An open slap can actually cause more damage to an ear than a punch. So, Uh I mean, maybe. Did he lose part of his memory? Did it trigger some sort of psychosis? Does he not remember who he is? All of these could be possibilities. Maybe that slap or that hit triggered some sort of brain damage that led to him eventually bolting from the airport, right? Second theory, did he have a psychotic break because of the prescriptions that he was given? Yeah, so this theory comes out a few times. I find this one a little harder to believe. His prescription was actually in his bag and it didn't appear that he had been taking it. Also, it's an antibiotic. Right, but people can have bad reactions to drugs all the time. We don't really know. True. Um, depending on your biology, on your makeup, all of that can affect how you respond to drugs. So who knows? Had he ever taken antibiotics before? I'd like to know that. I mean, I don't know. Foul play is another theory, right? Was he kidnapped or being followed to potentially have his organs harvested? He was a young, healthy man, and that's happened there. So... I just feel like it's very specific, but I mean, I know that it is one of the theories that's out there, but I think it just cracks me up how organ harvesting is like the top of the... Top of one of the theories. Well, and the theory kind of morphs into, was the doctor at the airport involved in this? Did he take the interruption of the construction worker as an opportunity to get away from that doctor? Because whatever was happening, I mean, we don't really know, but that's kind of where the theory goes a little bit. Also, people wonder, did he take drugs while partying or did somebody give him drugs, right? Like slip something into his drink at the bar. There were reports of this happening in that area. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely a possibility and people get things slipped in their drinks all over the place. Yeah, don't leave your drinks unattended, you guys. 
But if he had never taken drugs before or didn't know that he was on drugs, could this have caused him to freak out, hallucinate? Also, his eyes were visibly dilated. Right. But there are other things that can cause eyes to be visibly dilated. True. Drugs, right? Brain injury can cause your eyes to dilate. Yep. Which he might have had. Schizophrenia can actually cause your eyes to dilate. And so can stress and fear. Okay. Doesn't schizophrenia usually kick in in your early 20s, though? For men, yes. So for men, it's usually late teens to early 20s. And for women, it's usually late 20s to early 30s. So he's 28. So he would be a little on the older side for schizophrenia. But that doesn't mean that he couldn't be having a psychotic break. It could be completely unrelated to schizophrenia. True. Okay. Another theory out there is, was he smuggling drugs? Yes, they found none in his suitcase, but had he been forced to consume them possibly and was worried about getting caught or had he just consumed them to smuggle them across? We don't know. It doesn't sound like that would be something that he would do because he was a responsible young man, but could he have been forced to do that or could something have happened? So here it is. The men that got into the fight with him, they forced him to consume the drugs in some type of form so he could smuggle them across some border to somewhere and he had a psychotic break because the drugs leaked into his system. Why wouldn't he just go to the police and say, I was forced to consume these drugs. I think something's wrong. I feel like I'm going to die. Will somebody help me? You think four random men attacked him in the street and forced drugs down his throat? No, I don't actually think that I do. You thought it sounded like a good idea? I think it sounds like a good idea. Why doesn't it? Okay. Well, Maddie's going crazy a little bit. Okay. Another theory is, could he have just wanted to go off the grid for some reason? His family, his friends all think absolutely not. He was very close to his mom. His dad was sick. People just don't think that he would leave. He also is reported to have a steady girlfriend who I couldn't actually find any information about. So we're assuming that she doesn't want to be in the media for whatever reason, but he also had a ton of friends. So I just find this unlikely symptoms of a psychotic episode, hallucination, which can be auditory. It can be tactile. It can be visual. You really have there. There's a few options, right? Delusions. So beliefs that aren't in line with your culture. They don't make sense to others. Like outside forces are in control of your feelings and your actions. Small events or comments have huge meaning. You have special powers, are on a special mission, or actually are a god. Those are all delusions that somebody having a psychotic break can have, right? Okay. So he did seem paranoid, so... There's no history of mental illness in his family, so that makes it a little less likely. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to go with the psychotic break or the brain damage from the fight if it happened at all i think that it's either a psychotic break or something drug induced maybe not voluntarily him taking drugs but But maybe he took something and then what happened when they wore off yeah okay so i'm thinking that he might have been drugged at the hotel i'm not sure what he would have been drugged with that would have lasted so long in his system yeah so my only problem with the drug theory is that i think when the drugs wore off he would have turned up unless the drugs caused a psychotic episode. Which is also a possibility. I'm just not sure. He seemed like a very 
put together man. So he doesn't seem like the type that would take drugs, but you never know what people will do in a foreign country when they're partying, when they're having a good time. But according to his friends, they were not doing drugs. So I think if drugs were involved, that maybe they were slipped to him. But I'm leaning towards a psychotic episode and I don't know what caused it or why it happened. And I'm hoping that he's still out there and that they're going to find him. Yeah. Because it's just like the other man that they found who had been missing for five years, they got him on medication and he got better, right? So maybe Lars just needs medical attention and then he'll be okay. But first they have to find him. Yeah, that's going to be the difficult part. And this would be so hard too for his mom because it's just the not knowing, That would be so hard to deal with. Having no idea what happened. All right. So now Lars would be in his early 30s. He has blonde hair and brown eyes and we'll post pictures of him. We'll also post the video of him bolting from the airport. airport. Yep. If you want more information, Evidence Locker podcast did an episode on this. There's a ton of Reddit threads that you can find. There's even a documentary out there, but it's in German. So I couldn't. I couldn't understand it. Okay, so anyone who understands German, go watch this documentary. And and let us know what we missed. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. So, let us know what you guys think. Give us your theories. Tell us what you think. We'd love to hear it. Yep. Post this on your story. We'll post you back, obviously. Watch our Instagram for more content that we're going to post. Yep. Follow us at Lost in the Woods Podcast. Like us on Facebook. We'll see you guys next week. Yep. All right. Bye, guys.